Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKEDON in all caps and you'll get 20% off your next Built Bar order. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, January 25th, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check me out on my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for tuning into today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. To start off the show today, I'm going to share with you guys the quick conversation that I had following, uh, yesterday's win with the guys from Lockdown Red Wings. It was a fun conversation for me after uh, a pair of good outings from the Blackhawks over the weekend. Not so much for them, uh, but hope you all enjoy our discussion that we had regarding this two-game series. All right, now let's welcome him in from Lockdown Blackhawks. Unfortunately, uh, we arranged this, this interview, this crossover episode before the weekend played out. Had we known what was about to take place. I probably would have uh, came up with an excuse as to why we couldn't do it, but he is here regardless <laughs> with us anyways. Jack Bushman from Lockdown Blackhawks. Uh, how's it going, man? Uh, after first pair of, week, pair of wins start uh, 2021, feeling pretty good. I was against uh, a Red Wings team that was a little depleted, but hey, a win's a win. We'll take it. We're finally on the board. And your team looked good on Friday night. Like the power play has been working. That's been kind of a storyline uh, that carried them into this game. And I've been kind of railroady against the Blackhawks this whole time because of one thing. And that is the goaltending, but Kevin Lankinen, uh shows up this weekend and plays his ass off and, and he just looks fantastic and is able to kind of help keep the Red Wings at bay on Friday night when they were getting chances, they were getting net front opportunities, but they couldn't bury a lot of them until Larkin made it a three, one goal late. And at that point it was kind of over. Yeah. Lankinen has been huge these last two games. And even in his debut against the Florida Panthers, which he lost the Blackhawks lost in overtime five to four, he was really composed. And so far I'd say he's made all the saves he's really supposed to. We've gotten burned a couple times on the power play, but that's mostly been due to defensive zone breakdown. So Kevin Lankinen's definitely uh, leading the charge so far in this goaltender competition that the Blackhawks have. And I expect him to continue, uh, expect Jeremy Carlton to continue writing the hot hand going forward. It's been great to see that we finally get some sturdy play in that. And it's also been uh, just a better effort defensively, I think. I think the last two games have both been the Blackhawks' best defensive efforts by far as uh, a team defense. I think they've helped out their goaltender tremendously more than they did through those opening four games. So it's been both a combination of Lankinen being good and also the defense has kind of made things easier for him in net. Who has stepped up the most for you, in your opinion? 
one guy that comes to mind real quick is Connor Murphy. He's been really good so he far did. for us. He's actually on a four game point streak right now, which is absurd for a guy who doesn't really rack up all that many points offensively and defensively. He's quietly been the anchor of the Blackhawks defense the last two years, but this is something we actually talked about on our last crossover episode. The fact that he was traded for Nicholas Jalmerson, people kind of looked down on him, I think, a little bit and didn't really give him the opportunity or kind of just had that negative thought in their mind when uh, thinking of Murphy. But he's really been progressing well these last three years, and he's someone that, off the top of my mind, he's playing great hockey for the Blackhawks, looking like a tremendous top-pairing defenseman, which is exactly what we were hoping he was going to become when we traded for him. So. Is this the Blackhawks team you've been waiting to see, or do you think this is maybe them playing a little bit above themselves because they are playing the Red Wings? They are home for the first time this season. Uh, you know, whatever might go into that as well. Yeah, I think there's a couple factors going into it. Obviously, the Red Wings were without five of their players that were on the COVID list, so that obviously plays a part. We finally got back to the United Center. That, that plays into it. Um, but we've also just been doing the little things right. We've been converting on the power play, which – the last 10 years, we've been horrendous on the power play. And then we get this depleted roster, and all of a sudden we're top three in the NHL. But we've been taking advantage of other teams' mistakes. And as I just talked about, we've been playing a little bit better team defense as of late. And when you get that and good goaltending and you can convert on other teams' mistakes, you put yourself in a good position to get a victory. So while I do think, yeah, things have gotten a little bit fortunate for the Blackhawks, they got a banged-up Red Wings team but they still played the right brand of hockey. So when you do that and get a victory, I think you have to be happy with the outcome, no matter who you're facing. So I want to talk about the first goal of today's game that Pew Suter scored the first NHL goal of his career, the, the prelude to the uh, hat trick that would be coming uh, just a few hours later. Kane, Kane enters the zone, dishes it back to Dahan, and Dahan's got a man in his face, but he still has the poise, the presence of mind to like, Find a shooting lane that is going to get the puck on net. It's a perfectly placed shot, bounces right off of Bernier's pad. He can't control the rebound. Suter has an easy whack in. And I just think it's important for, for teams like yours and ours who aren't very talented to be able to execute a sequence like this with regularity because it's extremely important when it comes to creation. When I looked at that, I thought, oh, what you know what a Red Wings defenseman would have done? He would have just tried to rip it all the way back past Kane. Maybe, you know, hopefully Kane can regain control or the other forward who's going to be crashing from the other side can regain control when you're just not setting your team up for the most successful outcome on this possession. Right. I think in, in any game, you got you to take advantage of the opportunities that the other teams give you. And especially, like you said, when we're two teams that – when you look at our rosters on paper, we don't wow you with talent at this point. So you got to do those little things right. And you got to take advantage of those opportunities that, that the other team gives you. So that was a, a very crucial point in this game. Blackhawks are now two and zero when they score the first goal this year. And Calvin DeHaan just doing, making a great little play, getting the puck on that. And it's simple things like that, that can get your team going and start kickstarting things in the right direction. So I'm glad you talked about that, actually, because I think that was a really big moment in this game. And it's something that the Blackhawks have struggled with in the past, I think, try, trying to bank the puck to the front of the net, ring it around, and just not taking advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you. Sometimes I think you make it too tough on yourself. And when we're two offensive teams that are probably going to struggle to put the puck in the back of the net this year, 
you got to be able to take advantage of those chances and, and really not pass up on, on scoring opportunities. As Eddie Olchek always says, good thing, good things happen when you put the puck on that. Definitely. Yeah. And, and that's actually my NHL 21 strategy. Just get the freaking puck on net. Anytime I enter the zone, I literally just press the up button and <laughs> toss it on happen. But like, it, it's, it's important to note about the talent too, because if that puck does come around, let's say uh, Franz Nielsen does corral that puck when it comes around the corner, what is he going to do with it? Then nothing, probably nothing. It's a, it's a low event player who will not be able to make a play on that puck. And it's, that is, it's just something that I wish the Red Wings would take advantage of because, and this is something that me and Ethan might get on uh, later in the show is one of our takeaways from the series, but they just don't have the finishers right now. And it was made evident on Friday night, because I mentioned earlier, they did get a lot of opportunities, especially five on five. They did get net front chances, but Nemesnikov couldn't score. Brome couldn't finish. Filpula obviously cannot finish. And so it's just frustrating that the, even when the style of hockey that the Red Wings are trying to play works, it only works for a certain handful of guys that have high level finishing ability. And it's got to be tough one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with the guys from Lockdown Red Wings will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. The NFL playoffs are heading into the Super Bowl. College basketball is closing in on March Madness. NHL hockey has returned. The sports world is absolute chaos right now, and there is only one place that has you covered for all your betting needs and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. You can also visit the Lockdown Podcast Network's exclusive partner on social media at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's your online sportsbook experts. It's betonline.ag. Ethan, what do you got uh, on this game from Friday night? I would say really, to, I wanted to talk more about that. The, how paper thin our team is. It's when we're all healthy. I mean, on an NHL, like you said, like an EA sports roster, when everybody's healthy, it's like, all right, look, we have two solid lines is good, but God, when we lose two guys up front, one goal score, I'm terrified to see what's going to happen if we lose, not Manta, but like a Martin <laughs> or a Bertuzzi, it's just, it's it's worrying to see because we you know we we've been playing great in the beginning but it's just been it's gonna suck if we run into covid troubles or just injury troubles on that front too it's not even just covid yeah you guys don't have if you don't have dylan larkin this weekend you probably score one goal probably yeah yeah well no because he had both the setups on today's goals so yeah, maybe the assists on today's goals and then an unbelievable individual effort that was not for was the, the goal on Friday night in a losing effort. Then he comes right back a couple minutes later, draws a penalty, uh, but then the Red Wings obviously did not convert and they did not make a comeback attempt. I actually wanted to get your opinion, though, on the Red Wings goaltenders, Thomas Grice and Jonathan Bernier, because after four games, they looked – every game, I think, in the in the first couple of games, I think they both kind of had a case for maybe squeezing their way into player of the game. Uh, but in this series, they kind of started to show some of the chips 
in that uh in that armor whatever you want to call it and i guess just what did you expect to see from them what did you think you were facing coming in versus how it actually played out because jonathan bernier i mean like it, it was one of those like one thing after another type deals and a lot of those goals weren't his fault but at the same time it just it seemed to me like you could never you guys could never get the big save that you needed i mean a lot of the times it's tough when you're trailing to say that but I think they, it wasn't horrible goaltending. Obviously, we just capitalized on our man advantages, and guy, teams are going to get get theirs when you, you know you get, give so many power play opportunities. So, I didn't think the Wings had terrible goaltending, but at the same time, like I said, I just think a timely save probably could have helped you guys. But when you score two goals, you know, one goal <laughs> a game, how can you expect yeah. to win at the same right. time? Right. So, exactly. It's, it's more of like a, like, just like you were saying, like, what if we made those two saves? I mean, it's the final store. The final score is still going to be four to two. Right. Exactly. It's, so it, it's, it's tough to say that when you're trailing the whole game. Right. Got to score, got to score to win. All exactly. right, Jack. So I guess I, the, this is my last question. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to uh, kind of touch on before we got off the line with each other, but the power play, we kind of, Talked about how influential it was in this series. Uh, Blackhawks going three for seven. Red Wings going two for ten. Both of those goals coming on Sunday. A feed from Dylan Larkin to Tyler Bertuzzi in some way, shape, or form. Uh, But you mentioned that the Blackhawks penalty kill coming into this series, not very good. And on Friday night, I kind of like there were many, many moments where I, I realized and was like the full frustration of how I view this power play was kind of, you know, met. And that's Anthony Mantha bringing the puck down the half. So often our guys are getting stuck on the outside hash marks along the half wall there. Like they get the puck there and it's like, they're on a fast break and they pick up their dribble and they just limit like 60% of their options. And you're just sitting there and nobody knows what to do because the power play doesn't appear that it's supposed to be run from this set formation. And then, so nobody's got any passing lanes that's very easy to defend when teams were beating the Blackhawks on the penalty kill, how were they doing it? They were really moving the puck quickly and they were getting good entries to start. So and that's, Black- a, that's a good point to make. You got to get, you got to get in the zone with the puck to start it all off. And, and that's one thing that's killed the Blackhawks the last couple of years. Um, that's where teams have found success against us. And that's where our power plays started to find success too. We're actually starting to get the puck into the zone and set things up last couple of years. It seems like the first minute and a half were spent. We were spending chasing the puck behind our own, our own net and trying to set things up this year. We're actually finally getting comfortable passing the puck efficiently and we're just firing the puck, make the easy play. We've talked about this a couple of times already on the show. We've gotten a couple of just easy rebounds, easy goals in front and a couple one-timers, Dominic Kubelik, I still don't know why this guy is not regularly playing on the power play, <laughs> but he had a couple clap bombs for goals against the Panthers. We're just making the simple plays, making the easy reads, but it all starts with you got to get yourself set up in a position to have success and get into the zone with efficiency. And to go back to your point on the half wall, getting stuck there, that's kind of where we were with Patrick Kane the last two years. It was like, what's Kane going to do? with the puck here in the offensive zone, everyone knows we're going to let him just hold it at the right dot because there's no weapons around him for anything to do. So it's like a trap basically. Yeah. And we had nothing to do with the puck, but now 
we're starting to take the puck into the zone with Alex Dabrinkit a little more. Dylan Strom starting to carry the puck into the zone. So we're not trapping Kane in that corner per se and just limiting our options to, well, what's Kane going to do here? We're expanding our options. And I think that's also creating opposing penalty kills to have to adjust. You know, we, they now know we have other pieces that are capable of doing this and that makes everyone's job a little bit easier. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. It's never easy to solve power play woes. As I said, the Blackhawks have been terrible at it for the last 10 years and it's been making me bash my brain against the wall. But I think for the wings, you got to just, it's tough, especially when you're limited so much, but I just felt like it was the Dylan Larkin show on the power play the whole day today. And it worked today, but on Friday it didn't. So, and that's really was a big difference. The special teams battle was a really big difference in the series. And it's important to note too, Anthony Mantha is not Patrick Kane. Like Anthony Mantha, he's a he's a very when he wants to be, when he's playing at his absolute best, he is an extremely high level finisher. He can take those shots. If but here's another thing: there's no net front presence for the Red Wings either. So those shots aren't being in any way uh you know contested in the goaltender's face. There's no chance for a deflection. It's Anthony Mantha is gonna have a clear shooting lane but the goaltender is going to be able to see it every right. way. He's going to be able to make the easy save. And Anthony Mantha is also not quick enough to make that quick first move and get out into open space in a better shooting position. Like I'm sure you saw Patrick Kane do time and time again to kind of uh, detract from how awful the actual strategy was. Right. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that takes care of the crossover episode with the guys from Lockdown Red Wings. Coming up in just a minute, I'm going to answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners as part of our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome flavors like banana bread, raspberry, orange, toffee, almond, and they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake and apple almond crisp all of which like the other 12 flavors are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft easy to chew and great for the keto diet not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar but they're also a great source for protein and fiber so make sure to go to builtbar.com today and use the promo code locked on in all caps to get 20% off your next order guys builtbar just sent me uh, a free example the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Lockdown NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you may listen to your podcasts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Before I wrap up the show this morning, I can't forget about our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple lucky listeners right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. So the first question I wanted to answer this morning is actually a two-parter from at Clay underscore S on Twitter, who asked, young forwards are looking good and are ready to play every game. Which veteran forwards will be moved eventually? Well, 
I think the first guy that comes to mind is probably Carl Soderberg, who made his season debut on Sunday against the Red Wings. I thought he played pretty well, and uh, he was used in multiple different roles on the penalty kill. Uh, we saw him at center. We saw him at wing. So he's extremely versatile, but there just doesn't see to be seem to be all that much room for him in the lineup. We've already seen the log jam that's going on. And even with Doc and Taze out, there's still kind of a crowd there at center. So I just think before the trade deadline, Carl Soderberg is likely gone. He's only got a one-year contract for a cheap $1 million. It'll be really easy for another team to pick up, and it probably won't cost more than uh, probably a fourth-round pick if I'm being realistic. So uh, I fully expect Carl Soderberg to be gone by the trade deadline. And then I would probably have to think... Brandon Peary could be on his way out as well, as he's kind of been bumped out of the rotation already early on. Uh, and also a guy like Andrew Shaw, maybe, who is sort of on that border of fitting into this rebuild here in Chicago. So I think there's a chance that the Blackhawks move them if, you, if they're able to find the right buyer. And uh, knowing how the trade deadline's gone the last couple of years, I, I think there's, you know a pretty good likelihood of a team needing a bottom six grinder with some offensive upside for their postseason run. You know, teams usually are never satisfied. And, you know, um, with a, a guy like Shaw, an energy piece, someone that could slot in on the fourth line, the third line, he can go play on the second power play and can play on the penalty kill. Just like Soderberg, he's extremely versatile. So um, I, I think I can kind of see the Blackhawks trading him, if I, like I said, if they're able to find the right buyer. The second part of Clay's question was, could Dylan Strome be moved this offseason? I know he just signed, but there's already Doc and Taze and Suter down the middle. Well, I think it's just a little too early to tell what the Blackhawks' intentions are with Strome, but I do have to say, he's off to a pretty impressive start here through the first six games of 2021. I like what I've seen from him for the most part, and I think he's taking advantage of his opportunities there in that top six and on the top power play unit. But to your point, Clay, there is a lot of depth down the middle, but at the same time, you got to kind of dig into the details of everything. We're not really sure what Jonathan Taze's future is at the moment. Pia Suter's just six games into his NHL career, and while Kirby Doc, yes, is looking good and looking like he could be the new superstar to put on this Blackhawks sweater. He is still just 20 years old and is coming off a fairly significant wrist surgery. So if I were Stan Bowman, I probably would not be looking to trade Strom at the moment, just considering all of those factors. The second and final question I wanted to answer on today's show came from at John McDo, uh, at John on Twitter, excuse me, who asked, why the lack of minutes for Dominic Kubalik in the last couple of games? And this is something I continue to ask myself, John. I have no idea what it will take for Dominic Kubelik to regularly receive 16 or 17 minutes of ice time per game. Jeremy Colleton just refuses to play him in a, a top six role, even though every game he's slotted in on, on the second line. And, and Kubelik has been producing uh, fairly well recently. He's now up to four points in his last six games. And he's clearly a weapon on the power play as well. But for whatever reasons, in the last five games, Kubelik has played just 16 minutes one time, which is absolutely unacceptable for what the Blackhawks are trying to accomplish as a franchise at the moment. And over the weekend, looking back at the game logs, on Friday night, Kubelik played just 13 minutes and 33 seconds, and then yesterday he had only 12 minutes and 46 seconds. 
That 1246 was the third lowest among Blackhawks forwards. Only Brandon Hagel and Philip Kirishev played less. Like, And this just continues to be a bit of a head-scratcher for me, so I don't know. I'm hoping we'll see Kubalik's role expand here in the upcoming series against the Nashville Predators, but knowing what we know about his head coach's tendencies, I don't think we can expect that to happen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Mailbag Monday, January 25th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you may get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.